Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. We, we are back in studio, the three of us. It's been a long time uh, since last year. COVID, Snowvid, Snowmageddon, whatever we're calling it around mm-hmm. here in Texas, depending on who you're talking to. Uh, but we're excited to be in studio. We've got uh, a lot of things that we're going to be getting into. Uh, we're going to be getting into the Gospel for Real Life series. Speaking of which, Shauna, you want to tell us a little bit more about what this is and who we have with us on the phone today. Yeah, so I'm here. So that's exciting, right? Got to have the female voice. And Jeremy's here. It's good to be here. We we dragged him out on a Friday. We're recording this morning, and so we're excited to be here. But what's the most exciting part is we are joined today uh, with Brad Hambrick is with us today to discuss the Gospel for Real Life books that he wrote, and he's he's the he got the golden star for this series because I think he wrote the the majority of the booklets, right, Brad? I think as I was serving as editor, uh, yeah. then I drew the straw that when something was needed, uh, it was on my mind more than other people. So uh, that's how we got there. Well, you're a gifted writer and teacher. And so I'm, I'm thankful that you, that the Lord um, called you at this, in this season to do this. But if you guys aren't familiar with Brad Hambrick, I'm so glad to introduce you to him because his, just go to his website, bradhambrick.com, pause the podcast, go to his website, check him out. It's incredible. You're going to, tons of resources. Yes. You're going to go there all the time now, but uh, a little bit about Brad. He serves as the pastor of counseling at the Summit Church in North Carolina. And he also is the assistant professor of biblical counseling at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's a council member at the Biblical Counseling Coalition. He's obviously authored a lot of books and one that we're going to talk about today, actually three, or one we're going to talk about today. We'll have a few other following podcasts um, after this one. So you'll get to kind of dig into a little bit of of his writing, but he also served as the general editor for the book, Becoming a Church That Cares Well for the Abused Project. Um, And Brad, you're married and you have two boys, right? Uh, it is a fun season of life with two teenagers. Uh, it's never boring. <laughs> yeah. As he sits sore this right. morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk today uh, about burnout. So the the um, the Gospel for Real Life is a booklet series that um, you know really talks about what how does the gospel apply to real life, right? Do you want to kind of talk about your heart behind the project? Is just since you were also general editor, Brad? Yeah. And so for burnout, it was uh, serving in the local church, uh, seeing a lot of people who were uh, high passion. Uh, for what they were doing, uh, and then over a period of time, uh, they would wear down and they would come and just say, hey, I feel like I'm burned out. I, I feel like I need to uh, take a break. And it seemed like it was happening frequently enough uh, that there needed to be a resource for those fairly in vocational ministry, but serving in a ministry capacity uh, to think through what's going on when uh, I am serving beyond my means. And I get to a spot where I feel like uh, this is no longer a blessing for me, but it's starting to wear me down. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So what would you say causes burnout? Uh, well, um, burnout is it's one of those words that everybody knows. Uh, and so it's a pop uh, psychology term, just meaning it's out there in the popular culture. We don't find it at our Bible Gordons. We don't find it in the DSM. Uh, but I think most of us kind of know what we mean, where it's like, ah, run down, I'm threadbare. I, I don't feel like I have what it takes to keep doing whatever it is that, that I've 
been doing. And so uh, causes can be of several different varieties. The one that I uh, focus on in this booklet is when we overexpend our time account. So if you think that metaphor is most natural to us when we think in terms of finances, when we spend more money than we have, uh, we wind up in bankruptcy. When we try to spend more time than we have, we wind up uh, burned out. So the economy of time, trying to steward our time well, looking at the fact that because God is good and fair, whatever God wants us to do will fit within the 168-hour week that he's given us. That's the primary angle that we take at this resource. Yeah, that's good. So just out of curiosity, you know, to, to your point a moment ago that, you know, when you look in a concordance, you know, you're, you're not going to find the, the word burnout in the Bible. But would you, do you think there's any other terms uh, that are our scripture uh, that would kind of um, speak to this idea of burnout in the way that you just described it? Uh, maybe a term that you see good bit there is the term weary. Yeah. Um, you know, where Jesus would say, come to me, you who are weary and heavy late. That would be maybe a word family that somebody could look through and go, yeah, this is speaking to my experience. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, exhausted is a, is a word. Yeah, that's yeah. a good book. Yeah. And something, Brad, that we typically focus a lot on in biblical counseling are, are um, motivations that can culminate in things like burnout. And you d- you do talk about this in your book. Um, you mentioned uh, motives in burnout. Can you speak to some of those motives uh, and motivations that could influence a person reaching that place of weariness and exhaustion? Yeah. And motives can be as unique as every person that we talk to. So uh, I don't think there's one particular motive or a cluster of motives. Uh, And so what I try to do that part of the book is just to give the reader uh, where they can go through, I think there's eight to 10 different motives listed there, uh, and just asking the question, which of these fit me? Which of these sound like, you know, am I getting to burn out uh, because of pride? That the things that I've taken on, I just I don't think anybody else can do a better job. Is it fear that I'm afraid somebody else could do a better job if I gave them a chance? Mm. You know, are there areas of weakness where it's like, I'm not good at this. I don't enjoy it, but I don't want to acknowledge it. If people saw that, I don't want people to see the weakness in me. So you get some of that approval of people kind of thing in there. And so uh, when it comes to when it comes to how to use them, that a lot of times when I assign reading, Reading is either reinforcement. Hey, we've been talking about this subject. I think if you uh, take a chance to read this over the course of the next week, it will uh, it'll help draw out a lot of the things that we've been talking about. Or it's more survey material. Hey, as you read this, can you tell me what stands out to you most? What seems to fit you? So that section on motives uh, would be where uh, the counselor can give the counselee just an invitation, an opportunity uh, to come back and say, Hey, what, what in here helped you put yourself into words better, uh, so that our conversation can be tailored, uh, more to what brought you uh, to this point of fatigue. Yeah, that's good. It's really good. I, I think that is a good place in the book that obviously all of our counselors and pastors, right? Like we just ministry leaders in general to get this book, read it for yourself, you know, more so and evaluate kind of your own heart and your own time to make sure to be praying and, and be 
what proactive about burnout, right? Versus reactive. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a, it's allowing the person who's seeing this to see like, these are areas that just because you may, you know, reach some level of understanding intellectually, realizing that our hearts are still going to have a propensity to struggle with pride, to struggle with approval of man in whatever context that we may be in. I know me personally that I've, you know, in pastoral ministry, have experienced some of that, that I didn't realize really existed until I actually was experiencing it in mm-hmm. that context. So yeah, that, that's really good, Brad. Because it's and, almost like burning yourself out to right. try it for the approval of others, right, right? Right. Yeah. And Brad, this this is something you may or may not be able to speak into, but I'm starting to see a lot more pastors in counseling who have reached burnout, some to the point of just emotional breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm what I'm seeing uh, in this is that uh, the church culture has a lot to do with some of the struggles that these men are facing. Um, can you speak to that at all? Yeah. It is unfortunate. As churches, oftentimes we're not a place that the patients, which is really ironic uh, because the one requirement for church membership is the full embrace and acknowledgement that we don't have what life takes, mm-hmm. that we are broken, finite people in need of a Savior. But then somehow the idea that we need to be above reproach means that or it gets taken to mean that we don't have limitations and struggles after that. Mm. And so the the ability to have a culture, you know, as pastors, we get to shape this culture a little bit. This is where uh, having the kind of relationship, being intentional with your leadership team at a church where, you know, we look at one another and say, hey, we, we recognize we are finite. And, you know, one of the thematic statements in this book is just that, Oftentimes, God honors our finitude more than we do. Mm, that's a good point. God, you know, God honors that, our finitude more than we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That God made us to sleep at least eight hours a night. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, it was God's idea to create a Sabbath one day in seven. That, you know, one of the passages that gets referenced in Ethereal uh, is just the conversation between Moses and Jethro, where Jethro, I don't think it's. Uh, happenstance that uh, Jethro happens to be Moses' father-in-law in the sense that uh, I'm reading between the lines here. Illustration, don't hear this as commentary. But I think it's a pretty good chance that Moses' wife was crying with her daddy um, about how busy Moses was, how much he was neglecting. And so Jethro comes and says, hey, you made a lot of promises to me about how you were going to care for my baby girl. Um, and that's not happening. But what what Jethro says to Moses, he says, what you're doing is not good. And, you know, if I'm Moses, I get a little defensive about that. I'm like, well, the line outside my tent sure says something different. Uh, <laughs> if what I was doing yeah. wasn't good, uh, it sure seems to be in high demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what Jethro went on to say, how he described what it meant for it not to be good, he said, look, what you're doing is not good because you are surely going to wear yourself out. When he said it wasn't good, he wasn't commenting on the quality of it. He was commenting on the sustainability. And that's where we, I mean, God is just more fair towards us than we often are towards ourselves when we just feel like, man, I've got to chase every ambulance. I've got to uh, fulfill every request. I've got to um, go in great detail on every email response. It and there is and having a church culture say, yeah, we we live in the confines of 160 hour a week. Whatever God wants to get done in our life will happen inside of what is reasonable for 168 hours. 
there is one time in human history where God paused the sun in the sky, made it say because he needed a few more than 24 hours in that day. It was remarkable enough uh, that he recorded it in the Bible. It doesn't seem to be the normal thing. His normal gig is he gets done what he once done through his people in the limitations of the time. I love, I love that because I, I often have to remind myself, you know, cause this is the, the area of time is definitely my area of burnout for sure with feeling the limitation of that, right? The responsibilities and the assignments that God has given me, how am I accomplishing that within that day, within that week? Um, and I often remind myself about stewardship, right? God has, it's, it's his time, it's his day, my life is his life. And so it's not about me trying to do what I want to do, but more so how am I following God's lead in his direction? One of the things that I love that you have in the book is you suggest making a time budget, which is so interesting. And you actually give a practical, like visual sample on the page. And I'd love to put this as like a, a PDF resource in our uh, ABC counseling resources um, if you're an ABC member. But can you tell us a little bit about like making a time budget and how this could be a practical like application for uh, for us as counselors, but then obviously to give us homework for our counselees? Absolutely. I want to give credit where credit is due. One of the early CCF books was written by James Petty. Uh, He did it on uh, decision-making and the will of God. And the time budget idea uh, is one that uh, I modified a bit for this work, but I think he gets the original credit for it. But it's looking at time in a way that is similar to how we look at that. We kind of know every month we're going to get X number of dollars. And if we spend more than X number of dollars, life is going to go poorly for us that we can't borrow from tomorrow to fill in today and tomorrow go well. And the great thing about money is it comes with receipts. So if you keep up with your receipts, you can tell like, where did, where did my money go? Uh, time doesn't come with receipts. Uh, and so it's a little harder. We have to be a little more intentional. But really the big idea of looking at this is, do I have reasonable expectations because I'm the kind of person, I mean, I'll try to cram 200, 250 hours worth of good activity in any given week. That's before I waste any time sitting. Um, that, that that's how much I want to get done. And because I want to get it done, I feel like it should be done. But getting to the spot where I came to grips and was at peace with the reality that if I had 200 hours worth of good stuff I wanted to get done week, 32 hours of that was at least 32 hours of that was outside the will of God, not because the things I wanted to do was bad, but because God was faithful. And I was placing the weight of God's expectation on every good thing that I wanted to get done and stepping back to say, hey, what God gave me was 168. I want to steward it. I want to look for the opportunities. I want to, I'm going to have to continually be refining my expectations for it because expectations are going to grow. But uh, there's a lot of peace uh, when I recognize my ministry responsibility is simply to steward this. Yeah, well, this is obviously uh, a topic that I think everybody really should read. This isn't just a, a few, you know, sometimes you have those books where it's like, ah, you know, it's yeah, only it, dealing with this. But this is something I think that I hope people don't just pick up from a reactive standpoint that you go get this book, you read it for yourself, be proactive in thinking through and doing a time budget yourself. You also give suggestions in the book to how to help prevent burnout, right? So that kind of gives you that perspective of, 
of what can I do right now to help avoid uh, burnout. And so it's and it's even like bringing other people in, like let do a time budget, let other people in your life, like your family and, um, you know, maybe another biblical counselor or a staff member at your church to look over that time budget to, to, to make suggestions. Right. And to um, to help you in that. So uh, we hope that and, and this is actually technically listening to you even share this. This is coming from a, a pastor of a church and you're a professor and you're a writer and you're you obviously have a, a family and then you're doing these uh, biblical counseling. Actually, yeah, let's share about that, Brad. You're doing a monthly webinar for biblical counselors and pastors every single month. So you obviously manage a lot. Um, but can you share with them about your webinars and how that might be of interest to some of our listeners? Yeah. How did I miss that? I need to get on that thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, first do your yeah, time, but you got to do your time yeah, budget first. Time budget first. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the temptations I face, boredom does not seem to be one of them. But in terms of the webinars, uh, what we do is we take two Thursdays a month. It's one o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, various other times we've got people who join us literally from all over the world. I think we have six or seven copies continent most of the time. Uh, but each month we take one counseling skill or concept that this past month it was negative emotion tolerance. Um, yeah, the month before that it was differentiating the experiences of guilt, shame, and regret. Um, and uh, on that first Thursday, uh, we, we try to understand um, and intellectually get a good grasp on that skill or concept. Uh, and then on a second Thursday in the month, uh, we come back with a case study uh, and we try to use that to ask, what would it look out, look like to walk this out uh, when we're in a helping relationship coming alongside of someone? Uh, which Thursday of the month it is can vary based on where holidays and different things fall. But if you go to brandhamburg.com slash event, uh, you'll see the full calendar there uh, that uh, for any of these uh, materials that we do. They're all free. Uh, it's part of what I get to do in my role uh, here at the church. And so if it can bless uh, other Christians, uh, other churches, uh, we're more than happy to do that. That's awesome. Did you hear that, everybody? He said free. Yeah. That's pretty rare. That's amazing. So yeah, thank you, Brad, for just all the time you took, not only to write this book, but to join us today and share a little bit about your heart and and um, just your encouragement to the pastors and counselors and everyone out there that could really be in ministry burnout, technically any type of burnout. It doesn't even have to be a ministry, right, for, for everything. Right. So good resource to help with your counselees. Um, and then obviously just taking that time, and, and I'm sure you have lots of writing and studying to prepare for those webinars and to be able to offer that resource out there for um, for us counselors to take, you know, to, to meet, what, twice a month to learn and grow. I think that's something for everybody to check out. So again, bradhambrick.com. That's B-R-A-D-H-A-M-B-R-I-C-K.com. Michael will put it in the show notes. Yep. Brad, thank you so much for joining us today on Speak the Truth. I yeah, appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you.